for us, what success looks like is that we support 20% of the world's businesses to become more purpose-driven, sustainable. Our mission is to say, we're not competing against each other, we're competing against time. And how can we learn from each other, not reinvent the wheel? I mean, look at what happened during COVID. Look at how quickly we were able to develop vaccines, how everybody pitched in. Imagine that we could continue that type of momentum around other areas. You know, imagine we worked together like this on cancer, you know, imagine we did this on water, on agriculture, on some of the real issues that we have. That's really what we're here to try to support. How can we enable that with the platform and the people that we have? Once again, you're listening to Talking on Tap, ABM Bab's podcast series about the people, the brands, and our purpose. I'm your host, Elaine McCrimmon, Global Director of Reputation and External Engagement at ABI. In this episode, we're talking with Krista Jory, co-founder and chief executive for Leaders on Purpose. Purpose-driven businesses have outperformed competitors according to most profitability benchmarks. Leaders on Purpose began when she and some other colleagues took Harvard's list of the top 100 CEOs in business and added in company purpose-driven initiatives to study what impact that has on company results. ABM Bav then moved up from number 16 on the list to number two. After analyzing the impact, Chris and her colleagues started their company, Leaders on Purpose, with the mission of supporting businesses to be more purpose-driven and sustainable. Krista and her team also lead an annual CEO summit to help leaders share ideas on how to help their companies transition to attain these new goals. I was curious as to how this all came about, so invited Krista on the show to talk about her work, how she got here and how this is progressing. Please join me on our wide-ranging discussion. I am so pleased to be joined today by Krista Jory, co-founder and chief executive officer for Leaders on Purpose. Krista, welcome to the show. Oh, Elaine, thank you so much for having me. I'm just thrilled to be here today. Thank you. Could you tell us about Leaders on Purpose and the background behind its formation? Oh, sure. Yeah, I'd be delighted to. So Leaders on Purpose started as a research project. I was working at Unilever and through a number of different mechanisms, I ended up getting a fellowship at Harvard. And it was 2015 and it was the year that the Harvard Business Review changed what it meant to be a top CEO. And when the Harvard Business Review came out with that top 100 CEOs in 2015, they added just a 20% weighting for environmental, social, and governance metrics. And prior to that, they'd only ever measured CEOs based on financial metrics. Yeah. So when they did that, the list radically shifted. So we saw Jeff Bezos, who'd been number one for a couple of years, fell to number 87. Warren Buffett fell completely off the list. And we saw these leaders that were doing well and doing good at the same time. And having been doing some of this ourselves at Unilever, I was so excited to see that. But what they didn't tell us was how they were doing it. And so 
that became the project. It was, you know, how are others doing this and can we learn from each other and share these learnings so that we can get where we need to go faster? Because we know we only have a really short period of time to make a lot of change. I had just transferred to the UK. And so a colleague of mine was at London School of Economics who had been studying some of this as well. And I asked, would you like to join this project with us, this research project? He was all for it. And at the time, a good friend of mine was tasked with working for Jim Kim at the World Bank, tasked with the private sector engagement there. And she just happened to call while we were putting all this together. And she was calling because she was looking at, as businesses transition, what are the implications for multilateral organizations? What could the World Bank and the IMF and other organizations offer to support? So invited her to join in as well. And so it became a Harvard, Unilever, World Bank, London School of Economics CEO study. And so we took that list of the top 100 and we took the top 30 and we looked at those and we said, okay, so beyond what they're measuring, we looked at what are the attributed quotes of the CEOs? Are the CEOs actually talking the talk or is their team doing this? We interviewed employees from all the 30 organizations. What are they saying about that? And from that, we picked the top 15. And AB InBev was at number 16 on the list of the top 100 and number two on our list after we'd done all of this. So we sent out the invitations to the CEOs, talked to the teams, and really that was the kickoff of Leaders on Purpose. From there, we were invited to the World Bank as part of the IMF World Bank Spring Meetings to bring those CEOs together with World Bank leaders, really to share not only the findings of the study, but also to talk about how can we move this forward? I thought we were just going to be, you know, that was it, one and done. We're going back to our day jobs and that will be that. We'll have figured this all out. But as you know, it's much more complex than that. And there's a lot more we can learn. So we've continued with the study each year. We've done a number of other things and yeah, we've just grown since then. So Krista, can you tell us a little bit more about the research and the actual methodology and how you get to this ranking? What's all involved? Yes. Oh, yeah, sure. It really is very comprehensive. And it was really difficult to qualify to be somebody that we would select to participate in the study. So we took the Harvard Business Review metrics as they were. And then we went back and we met with the Sustainalytics people, as well as the CSR Hub people, and we dug down. So we looked at all different types of data sets to really vet out, to make sure that we were getting the apples to apples. Then we looked at attributed quotes from the CEOs. We wanted to make sure that the CEOs were actually talking the talk and that they weren't just, you know, it wasn't just something that their team was doing. And then we interviewed people within all levels of an organization. So we worked with Glassdoor first and got the rankings from Glassdoor. And then we set about, and, and my team interviewed people from all these organizations, from not only the top level management, but also people that were working at the ground level, interns. Okay. We met with middle management. And what was great about how ABM yeah. started at number 16, but as we started to do that, the employee interviews were, you know, it was just really unbelievable because all throughout the organization, the employees were incredibly enthusiastic about working there and how they felt really empowered. They loved the dream big. They felt like it really was part of the organization. 
So AB InBev went from number 16. Once we started to calculate things, it was neck and neck with number one. It was became number two on our list. And so we were so delighted when, you know, yeah. we sent the invitation. We kind of held our breath. We're like, oh gosh, I hope they'll participate. They we just yeah. had such good insight. And so we were really just delighted to be able to include that. But yeah, it was uh, quite an interesting process. And you really learn so much when you talk to people throughout all different positions within the organizations. Yeah, that's such a strong research when you can capture that. And it doesn't surprise me in terms of when you spoke to people throughout the company at all levels, because our culture is just so strong, but amazing that that was able to take place. So how has Leaders on Purpose evolved from that research project into what it is today? Oh, yeah, we've come a long way since that research project. We continued to do the research and kept our day jobs for some time, but it became really apparent that we needed to really dig in and go much further. So in 2018, we set the business up. I left my job at Unilever. We set the business up here in the UK. And we've been going ever since. In 2020, when COVID came out, we put a letter together with a group of the CEOs and teams that we'd been working with for some time. That was a COVID response leadership letter, really recommending enabling policy as countries were looking at building back better. We were saying, let's just build better, basically. And here are some enabling policies. And so we had a group of CEOs sign the letter. Since then, we have 26 countries that have adopted some aspects of that. So that's been really exciting to see that we're making an impact. We've worked with a number of different businesses. We've worked with governments and we're continuing to study and share our findings as we go. Our mission really is to support business to be more sustainable and purpose-driven. So how many CEOs are involved now and what role have we played at ABM Bev? Yeah, It's such a good question. So we've interviewed a total of 60 now CEOs since we started with the study, but involved with us, we have over 800 actually that are engaged with us in some fashion. You know, this year we're actually oversubscribed for our summit. Each year the summit just gets bigger and bigger. And more and, you know, which is exciting because we're very selective about who we invite to participate. We don't let anybody come. You have to really be doing the work and showing that you're legitimately trying to transition your business. And so it's exciting to see that there are more and more, you know, being part of that. And AB InBev has been with us since the very beginning. So we continue to build off of that very important foundational research that we've had. We've been engaged with you and your team over the entire time that we've been around. And as you continue to evolve, We're continuing to kind of monitor and bring that in and share some of that with those that are in our community. And I think the the CEO Summit, bringing those leaders together, especially during the pandemic where we could pivot to being virtual, meant that there was an opportunity for a lot more CEOs to come together, where often when we're having to be faced with meetings in person, not everybody can make the exact time, the different time zones. So I think that's actually been super helpful. And then even last year with it being hybrid, some people coming together in person, Ahead of the fifth annual CEO Summit, what are some of the key themes that you're seeing that CEOs are really going to be focusing on this year? Yeah, we're continuing to focus on business transition and what that looks like in the context of the environment that we're in. 
Some of the issues naturally that are coming up are, of course, climate is always a huge part of it and the energy transition. There's been extra energy behind that, you know, given kind of what's happening in the world now geopolitically. And so we'll have sessions on geopolitics and purpose and really talking about what does this look like? We'll invite some of these countries to talk about how bringing some of these policies together have helped them to transition the country. Talent is a huge topic of conversation. We'll have two different sessions actually on talent. And then business, how business is transitioning. You know, again, I talked about that just a second ago, but really the how-to. And one of the things I'm excited for you to be talking about is taking your purpose, your very strong foundation, and really taking it to the next level. And what does that look like for an organization? And what are some of the learnings that you can share with others? People are really interested in that. And so I'm delighted that you'll be there sharing some of that insight with us as well. Yeah, our new purpose. We dream big to create a future with more cheers. And for us, that does mean a lot. It could mean a future which is more sustainable more inclusive, sheer prosperity. So it is really exciting. It ignites the entire organization, but actually even throughout the supply chain too. So I think it's going to be a great discussion, really bringing that purpose to life. So what does success look like for leaders on purpose in your organization? Yeah, well, you know, I want to kind of go back to what we were just talking about because I I love what you're talking about with the purpose of the organization and how it's evolved and how even it applies to the supply chain. And I think that's one of the things that is really distinguishing about the organizations that are coming to work with us to be part of the summit. I mean, the work that you've been doing, working with governments, you know, around sharing data and how you did that, not only during COVID, but AB InBet has been doing that for some time. I know in Colombia and a number of things, working with helping the FARC during the transition, you know, some of the work done around peacekeeping there. So it's well beyond just talking about it. It's really demonstrating when you talk about what does that mean in the supply chain? Well, for you, you're working on the ground in water, you're working in agriculture, smallholder farmers. You know, how is that translating? That's the critical component here. And then taking that and how do you amplify that? How do you take it further? Because I think that that's really what we need to do now. I mean, we have a very short period of time and Paul Pullman will be there with us as well. And and I always love his messages because they're challenging, you know, to say we need to be bolder. We need to push harder. And I feel like that's what you're doing. And so I'm excited to really demonstrate some of that or to have you talk about some of that. As well. But for us, what success looks like is that we support 20% of the world's businesses to become more purpose driven, sustainable. That we, within the next, you know, 10 years, we've got a really short period of time to help make transition. Our mission is to say we're not competing against each other, we're competing against time. And how can we learn from each other, not reinvent the wheel? I mean, look at what happened during COVID. Look at how quickly we were able to develop vaccines, how everybody pitched in. Imagine that we could continue that type of momentum around other areas. We were talking to Alex Gorski from Johnson & Johnson, and he was saying, you know, imagine we work together like this on cancer, you know, imagine we did this on water, on agriculture, on some of the real issues that we have. That's really what we're here to try to support. How can we enable that with the platform and the people that we have with us? 
That's super exciting. And I really like what you say about that race against time, especially as we march towards the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals of the UN and how far we are behind on some of those and the lags that have been made, especially during COVID. And I think someone said recently, this is the first generation that are really innately feeling the pains of climate change, but the last generation that can really do something about it. So that race against time is really crucial. And I guess you're in the UNGA, maybe applying that little bit of pressure on everyone on what else countries, NGOs, private sector can all do through this unique collaboration and that we're able to ignite and accelerate during COVID. And if we apply that same learning to other things, then I think we can really all dream big together. Yeah, exactly. So what are your hopes for the future of the organization? What would be your dream big for Leaders on Purpose? It's really exciting. We work globally, but we're small. We're still quite small. And so, you know, I think next year we'll look at having another kind of a regional location. So one of the things that we're really hoping to do is to take the global, but it happens locally, right? So to support local levels. And so we've got a few things in the works to really do that. So our dream big would be to have local activations all around the world that we can then ladder up, share findings. And, you know, it's not that there's not enough capital. It's not that there isn't enough innovation. It's really, it's a lack of coordination in many cases. I mean, we're seeing in some places, even organizations have the best intention in the Amazon. You know, maybe on one side of the Amazon, they're doing something. And another organization on the other side is also thinking they're doing something good and they're canceling each other out. How can we use, you know, we have a platform coming in to help us with data and some of these things to really be able to do more predictive AI-enabled analysis and coordination. And so dream big for us would be not only having these regional areas, but using that data to be able to connect the dots so that we're not canceling things out, so that we're not wasting our efforts and that we can get to where we need to go faster. That's super exciting. And Krista, the fact that you're going local, remember beer is inherently local. We always think of beer as being inclusive, natural and local. And so with our operations on the ground, I'm sure there's much more future collaboration in store at the global and the local level. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Great to talk with you as well. Really appreciate it. Excited for the next CEO Summit. Thanks again. Me too. (laughs) Stay tuned. As we mentioned earlier, purpose-driven businesses have outperformed competitors according to most profitability benchmarks. Clearly, the future of business involves greater purpose and sustainability. What a great way to improve your business. My thanks to Krista Jory for sharing her story with us. What an impressive set of results and goals. We look forward to working with her team in the years to come. You can learn more about Krista and her company at leadersonpurpose.com And if you'd like to learn more about AB InBev, please visit ab-inbev.com. That just leaves me to say a big thank you to our listeners. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us. And if you think others will enjoy it too, please share. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thanks for listening. We are AB InBev. This is Elise Puma from the AB InBev legal team. 
This podcast was recorded and is being made available by AB InBev solely for informational purposes and is general in nature. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions expressed or provided in this podcast, including by speakers who are not officers, employees, or agents of AB InBev, are not necessarily those of AB InBev and may not be current. AB InBev does not make any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of any of the content contained in this podcast. Nor does AB InBev offer any sort of legal, financial, or other advice in the podcast content. Any liability, therefore, is expressly disclaimed. Certain of the statements may have been forward-looking in nature and based on current expectations and views of future events and developments of the speakers, and are naturally subject to uncertainty and changes in circumstances. AB InBev does not undertake any obligation to provide any form of update, amendment, change, or correction to any of the information, statements, comments, views, or opinions set forth in this podcast.